Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of the show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. Today's show promises to be fun and entertaining, as I'm joined in the studio by Steve Bertel, who is one of our feature writers, and Pastor TJ Hankey of Refresh Church in Meridian, Idaho. Steve and TJ, thank you so much, both of you, for oh, joining you me today. Thank you so much for having us here. How are you guys doing? This is going to be the hardest question you're going to ask all this whole time. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing amazing because I get to be here with you guys today. Oh, exactly. Nobody, yeah. nobody has gotten to him yet. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> so for complete transparency, I met TJ shortly after he moved here from Florida. Mm -hmm. I think you called me. Probably. Looking for some resources. But anyway, our paths from that, it was one of those things, you know, it was like, once you mm -hmm. meet somebody... All of a sudden, your paths cross constantly. Yeah. Everywhere I went, Sandy was there. <laughs> She's everywhere, guys. She is everywhere. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> this but is going to be a fun show. It is. I told you it was going to be fun and entertaining. So, but I was so impressed with your passion to win souls mm. and to serve the Lord. And so recently, Steve and I were sitting down chatting about potential story ideas. And mm -hmm. I said, TJ, there's this young pastor that just has really impressed me. And so I started sharing what I knew of your story mm. and Steve caught it and he's yeah. like, can I get his contact information for you? And, and here we are. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. And, <laughs> and your, and your story's in our current issue of Christian Living Magazine. It is. So, and Steve did a great job writing it. Thank up. you. Thank he's, you. He's a pro. He's Real a pro. pro. A pro's pro. <laughs> you know, I, there's, there is a little, I'm going to rabbit trail here for a second. So S Steve has a fictional novel that mm -hmm. he wrote. And I ordered it when he was still working in television, and it sat on the shelf. And then our, our little twin Susses were born in California two years ago. And I had, to, I had to quarantine for three days before I could help with them. And I thought, what am I going to do for three days? And so I grabbed that novel and threw it in my suitcase. And he cost me a night of sleep because I couldn't put it down. I read all <laughs> night long. <clears throat> but then I instant messaged him. Steve and I had never personally met mm -hmm. But I instant messaged him and I said, wow, what a great, what a great novel. Mm -hmm. And so then he's like, you know, we've always said we were going to meet. Maybe my wife, Marion, and I could have coffee with you. And so we met. And at the end of that meeting, I said, you know, I'm just, you write so well and we need another features writer. Would you pray about? And he goes, I don't have to. I was hoping you'd ask. So here we, you know. <laughs> here we are. There here we go. are. He'd and, already been praying about it. And he also <laughs> co-hosts occasionally with me. And then last fall when I came down with COVID, mm -hmm. he got a very early morning phone call. And Steve, I need help. I'm sick. Can you go do the show? Mm -hmm. And so he's just been a real blessing. Stepped right in. He yeah. did. Way to go, Steve. So, 30 years of broadcasting helped out. <laughs> there's, the, there's that radio voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should introduce you as Steve. Oh, what was your radio show name? Oh, I used the name Steve McKinnon McKinnon's. on the air. Maybe that's mm. what I should introduce you as. Yeah, not there Steve Bertel, but and, Steve McKinnon. And throw everybody off. <laughs> Oh, that's bad. Anyway, so thank you for joining our team and you for bet. trusting me, especially on this one. Oh, you bet. So I, I am going to put you a little bit on the spot. Sure. So what in TJ's story, what in his testimony impressed you the most? His incredible faith. 
and and I pointed this out in the article. It, uh, your faith reminds me a lot of the Apostle Paul mm-hmm. because he, you know, he walked countless miles going into cities, going into towns, going into regions that he knew very little about, if anything, ministering to people that he didn't know, people who were total strangers, simply because that's what the Lord had called him to do. Mm-hmm. And and as I was interviewing you for the article, you know, you did exactly the same thing. I mean, you not only did you give up a, a, a rather lucrative scholarship to join the ministry, which mm-hmm. is a step in faith in and of itself, yeah. but you also, once you planted a church, you packed up your family and went literally clear across the country into a city that you didn't know, that you knew very little about, mm-hmm. and to minister to people, again, who were total strangers, you had no idea what to expect, because that's what the Lord had called you to do. Were you and, praying and the that, whole time that it wasn't Nineveh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I just couldn't resist. I'll, I excuse me. I'm sorry. I'll no, be quiet now. There, there was funny. no whales involved, no great fish <laughs> involved in our journey, but it was a journey. I mean, getting here was a pursuit of faith and discipline and just grit, not giving up. Right? It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a journey to follow in faith, and sometimes you feel, "Did I hear wrong?" Did I did I do the no I heard right I'm just going to keep going yeah. until I see the promise delivered right and so here I am sitting at this amazing location right now yeah with you guys yep. living in the promise that just a couple of years ago was just almost a figment of an imagination yeah yeah because yeah, you guys moved here during COVID August of 2020 yeah mm. insane yeah. So, so having faith is one thing, but having that that deep faith is something totally, mm. totally different in a sense. How do you how do you get that that very deep faith? I think sometimes I, w- I was thinking about this the other day, where there are days where you have to you're, you're operating by faith. You know, you're 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 walking, you're living. You can kind of see the world around you. And then there's days where it's just quiet. So, some yeah. some writers have called that the dark night of the soul, the seasons of darkness, uh, wh- whatever it is. And you just keep walking anyway. When, when it gets heavy, when it gets dark, when it gets lost, you just don't stop. And, and I feel like my philosophy in life is it can get better. Even when it's great, there's probably room for improvement. Yeah. But when it's bad, oh, it's going to get better. It's just the better is always out there. If I don't quit, if I don't give up, if I just keep journeying in that faith, and that deep faith for me is something that is built up over the course of time and repetition. If you have faith one day and no faith the next day and faith one day and the next, it's you're, you're kind of getting stuck in the shallow end. To get to the deep end, you just got to keep sticking to it. Yeah. You know, you don't go back on shore every once in a while. You just keep waiting out there, and eventually you're above your head, and that's a great place to yeah. be. There you go. That's, I love that. <laughs> So, as I mentioned earlier, when you first arrived, you called, which mm-hmm. I love those phone calls. I love yeah. it when people who move here call and say, hey, I found your magazine, and can you help me find, or can mm-hmm. you, you know, where mm-hmm. can you point me? And that was great. And then we had, I think we had coffee. Yeah, I think. In, I think in Meridian, just, I think yeah, we met Got Meridian, to hang out. Had, had coffee. Yeah. But I quickly learned that I wasn't the only person who got that phone call. You quickly, and I mean very quickly, set up one-on-one meetings with 
just about every pastor in the entire Treasure Valley, not just Meridian where your church mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. although you did become friends with the pastors over there. They have a phenomenal ministerial group, yeah. and, and you got active in that too. But, I mean, one day I talked to you, and you, you were meeting with the pastor out in Caldwell where I live, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, you're in Meridian. What, you're in Caldwell. I am meeting as many pastors as I can. Absolutely. So, first of all, what inspired you to do that? Because it, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest. In the overview of the Big C Church, mm-hmm. you know, part of our, the Christian living assignment from God is to try to bring uni- unity across denominational mm-hmm. lines. But often, I feel like I'm I'm dragging Pastor A and Pastor B together to introduce them, and and yeah. you know, and and trying to do that. But you did that. Mm-hmm. So, what inspired you to do that? Because it was truly across all denominational lines. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my history, I, I was raised in a church that didn't necessarily interact with all the other churches. But as I became a lead pastor myself, I recognized my need for connection. I recognized my need for other people because I'm better when I have great people around me, just like everybody else. And But who knows my world like another pastor? Right. They, mm-hmm. Nobody does. And so going about that business and just finding a network of shared experiences and people who love and genuinely care for the kingdom, it's just an incredible way of just kind of building that sort of family of faith in the area. And so I got coffee with all these guys. I'm, I was going to their churches before we started ours. I just trying to do everything I could to become a part of the community. And, and there's a lot of side benefits to that too. I mean, not only was I now not alone, I learned so many things from these pastors. I learned the spiritual history, the spiritual condition of our churches and our valley today, what has happened, what is going to happen, the kind of uh, movement and growth we've seen in the valley. And you mentioned the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul persecuted Christians, and they left Jerusalem to go all around the world. God converts him, and what does he do? He chases down these Christians again, but it's not this time to persecute them. It's to help them and spread the gospel. So yeah. when he showed up in a city, he found these Christians. He found the people of faith first, went to the synagogues, went to these places where the Jewish history was rich, and then he would kind of build up from there and then reach out to the world around. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, haphazardly, maybe maybe by accident, we follow that same model where Christians were already going before us. Let's let's meet up with them, see what the journey's been like. That way they can launch us into the areas we're supposed to be. Because when we, when we showed up, we signed a lease the day we got here. Our stuff wasn't even here yet. Slept on the floor of our rental with absolutely no furniture. And then when our pod showed up, it was me, my wife, and my four kids that unloaded it. We didn't know a soul. And one of my daughters had a broken leg, so she wasn't even... Yes very good at it. You know, she wasn't very helpful, it, but that's what we did. And I knew right away, this can't be the same. We, we can't do it this way forever. We're going to kill ourselves. We're going to exhaust ourselves. We need to find a family of faith and people that have kind of gone before us, laid the foundation that we can help build the kingdom on. And and this networking that you did do with, with the churches and the mm-hmm. other pastors, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that helped you uh, uh, establish some pretty tight bonds with the other churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Brothers are born of adversity. And I'm not saying that ministry is this adversity, although there you have dark days, you have high days, you have low days. And in the last couple of years, ministry has been 
difficult. Yes. Let's just say that you can meet, you can't meet, you have to wear a mask, you can't wear a mask and all the other issues that have gone on in our world. But that, that sort of common bond has really given us like a, a strength within one another. Yes, absolutely. So these connections and these friendships that, that you did establish with the other churches and, and the other pastors, how did, how did those connections impact your ministry and impact your church? So immediately, um, it kind of put me in contact with people. So we couldn't just go somewhere and meet someone. I couldn't wait at a Starbucks and wait for the meet cute to happen to help me start a church because they weren't open. You couldn't do that in COVID. It's just, I was a hundred percent digitally trying to connect with people when it came to building a team, a launch team to help us launch this new church. And in order to do that, I had to connect. I, I used Facebook a lot, honestly. I, I would I would friend someone on Facebook and how did I get their name? Well, this pastor over here recommended that person over there, you know, and I, I would ask every pastor, is there someone out there that I should know? I would ask the people that I met, is there another Christian out there that's not in a church right now that would like to help me start my church, you know? And they just kept passing me these names. And I had, I probably met from the time we got here to the time we launched our church, over 500 people just trying to go through the process of understanding and sort of speed learning the area. And so those relationships really helped. And then when we were, we meet in Owyhee High School and the principal knew a couple pastors in the area and he's like, hey, is this guy for real? He, like when, I, when I'm like, hey, can I use your school? He didn't call me back. He called other pastors yeah. and those pastors had already met me. And so they, oh yeah, we like him. He's good. He, he passes the pastor vibe test, you know? And then from then on, he's just, the principal just said, first come, first serve. You were first. Let's go. As a matter of fact, your opening date was set by the completion of Hawaii High School. I remember yes, that. Absolutely. It was like, we, yeah. we, we kept asking you, when are you opening? When you, well, we're going to wait till the church, till the school's done. <laughs> yes. It, they were building the school just for us to use. And we let them have high school there. No, <laughs> that, that works. Yeah. <laughs> they so, opened it in August and then we opened in September. So in, in meeting at the high school, you actually still offer programs in your church similar to what other churches currently mm -hmm. offer, correct? Yeah, we I, do. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, so we, we kind of have a little bit of a hub and spoke model. We're not all in one place, you know, where there's not a common building that we go to. We meet on Sunday mornings at the high school. And then throughout the week, we, of course, have small groups. We have different gatherings. People open their homes. And it is our plan to have an operation center in the future where that can be sort of our hub of office spaces and youth meetings and leadership trainings and all the things that a church would do at their building and then outsource Sunday morning's venue to the high school and then have that process or that hub and smoke. So hub and spoke model. Hub and smoke. Okay. Hub and, hub and smoke. <laughs> I'm sure and, there's... And, and sure for people who don't know, Owyhee High School is in North Meridian, correct? It is. It's on the northwest corner uh, of the city. Okay. Are you going to say where it is? Oh, <laughs> would you like... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Where is it, TJ? <laughs> so it's between Eustick and McMillan out there by McDermott, almost a star road. So it's okay. it's the northwest side. It's almost Canyon County. It's like a mile and a half from the line. Oh, okay, good. It's it's You can see it. When you drive out there, you can see it. You can see it because there's nothing else off. out there. Yeah, it's, it's flat land and then this huge school. <laughs> yes, just got to look over the corn. Look, Our, our greatest neighbors are, is wheat and corn right now. Like you, you can't accidentally find our church on a Sunday. <laughs> You have to want to be there because right? yeah. <laughs> there's nothing else there. 
wheat and corn. Well, wheat and corn draw red winged blackbirds, so you mm-hmm. have that. They get, you, we have that going for us. Should, there you should go. incorporate them into your worship sets. You <laughs> <laughs> TJ, I just, you know, again, I marvel at, at your bravery. I have. I've had a lot of respect for you, um, and that's weird and awkward, and I, and I know that. So I waited till we were on the radio to tell you that, you know. Eight years ago, we moved from Ada County to Canyon County. Mm-hmm. I, I've been here since I was two years old. And in that move, I might as well have moved from Florida to mm-hmm. Idaho mm-hmm. because I didn't know where the grocery stores were. I, I Through a near tragic accident in our home, I suddenly woke up one day about five, six weeks in and realized I didn't even know where the hospitals were mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. Where, where we had moved to. Yeah. But you heard the Lord's call. You were obedient to it. You did pack up your beautiful family mm-hmm. and broken leg and all yeah. <laughs> and move clear across to connect and grow the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So my question for you, you're like, okay, so is there a question in this? <laughs> yeah, there is. Do you have any words of wisdom for anyone? Now, remember, this show is is aired internationally, mm-hmm. So, but, you know, for for the biggest sake, we're going to speak to people here in the U.S. But do you have any words of wisdom for anyone anywhere pre- preparing to do a church plant? Preparing to do a church plant? Yeah, because you've done a couple of them now, and yes. you do it. You do it pretty well. <laughs> well, we work hard, and we are blessed for sure. I I would say don't do it alone. There's there's no sense in going it alone. God didn't call you to do it alone. That's never an option. Build people around you. Build the team. Connect with the area. I think saying yes is better than saying, we'll see. Saying yes is better than saying no. You'll never be ready, so you might as well just start the process. You don't need to rush it, but don't say no. Just keep moving forward, sort of like the faith talk we had Mm -hmm. earlier. You just, the longer you keep pushing in, the longer you'll grow, the better it'll be. You just have to go about the process. Obstacles will come. They will seem insurmountable. There will be a moment where it seems impossible. You just have to keep going 100% of the time. And as you do, that faithfulness will grow and build. And again, I'm not saying we rush it, but I'm saying you just don't stop. So, And that's true in, in life in addition mm-hmm. to planting a church as well. It is, really. And and the, the whole process of planting a church, get coaching, get all the wisdom, get all the things. It's your internal world that's going to determine your success ultimately. Yep. You know, like... If it doesn't matter how big the church is, it doesn't matter like where it meets, anything like that. None of those things matter. The success factor is determined by you fulfilling the calling that God has placed on your life. If He gives you a dream for something, go out and do it, and your success will be determined by your faithfulness to His calling, not comparison to anybody else. So, I tell church planters all the time: your your expectation is going to ultimately determine your level of success. Like if you are expecting 500 people to be there your first day and 100 people show up, you're going to be disappointed. If you're expecting 50 people to show up and 100 people to show up, you're going to be ecstatic. And guess what? It's 100 people either way. Yeah. It does not matter the number. It's your expectations around those things. And that's true of all sorts of areas of life and ministry but it's your your level of expectation, understanding what God has called you to, that will ultimately determine the joy that's within you. And I think, I think joy is actually really important to the walk in the faith of a believer. He didn't call us to walk in sorrow. I mean, there's moments of sorrow, but he calls us to walk in joy quite often, doesn't he? Yes. But we sometimes we lose that in the grind, in the grit, in the push, in the the growth. And I think joy is integral 
to the success long-term of everything we do. So having an understanding of, I need to prepare myself to react in joy. I need to prepare myself to walk in joy at all times, regardless of the outcomes, right? That will ultimately determine the success you have in your ministry, in your life, in your marriages, in your parenting, everything you do is kind of having that prepared sense of joy and expectation. I love it. I love it. So what's your favorite part of church planning? You've done a couple of them. What was your favorite part? I kind of like to see people thrive in their giftings. The the more platforms I can give people, the happier I am. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you do the same. Like you met Steve, you coerced him into your magazine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was, he was a blessing. He twisted my arm, actually. He wanted anyway. to be there. Yeah, like, but you gave him a platform. You know, you, yeah. you, you, you're giving people platforms. And I love that. We don't want to have a singular person that sings every song. We want to have a team, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't want to be the singular person who is the figurehead and leads. We want to build people into their purpose. And so for me, the most rewarding thing out of all of it is to kind of, when I get to step aside and let people take their steps and they start running and they start building what God called them to do. And that's that's kind of how we build the kingdom, right? Like right. I couldn't do it by myself. There's no way. <laughs> if I tried to do it by myself, I would slow the kingdom down. <laughs> We need the body of Christ. And so I love to go out there and watch people sort of discover their purpose and walk in that purpose in him. So for me, that's been the number one most fulfilling thing in church planting, hands down. You know, I love one of the things, one of the good parts of COVID was live streaming and the videos Mm -hmm. that follow afterwards, because I can attend a bazillion church services a week. Yeah. And that's, I, I have watched some of yours. Mm-hmm. And um, although my husband's high risk, so we haven't done a lot of visiting churches. Mm-hmm. He's, we're finally feeling that we can do that again. Yeah. But so I have been able to watch some. And you are just, you are contagious. Your enthusiasm <laughs> for the Lord and for life, regardless of what it is, is contagious. Yeah. So can you tell our listeners where to find out information? Because I know you have a website mm-hmm. and you also have an active Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So, and there may be other places, but where can our listeners, if they're interested in learning more about Refresh Church, where can they go to find this information? Our digital hub is our website, refresh.church. No dot coms, just refresh.church. And that'll take you there. You can find our YouTube for all of the content there. You can find our social media from that as well. And this is an easy way for us to stay connected with everybody is that hub of our website. Yeah. Yep. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely uh, beautiful website. Well done. Well, well done. <laughs> and and it threw me. The refresh.church. I was yes. like, dot what? Oh, it's just dot it's church. Just dot church. So, <laughs> folks, it happens every time. We are out of time. TJ, Steve, thank you so much, both of you, you for bet. joining you me bet. today. Of course. Before we sign off today, though. Yeah. Big announcement. Okay. I wanted to remind our listeners that Christian Living Spotlight is now also a podcast. Available on on most major streaming services, so people can subscribe today and never miss an episode. I kind of like that. No, yeah. you know, somebody told me about a year ago that podcasting was my next thing, and I and here I am. Thanks to Andrew, our producer, I'm killing it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Andrew, and th- thank you. That was very nice. Yeah, and folks, you. if you haven't already done so, be sure and pick up your own copy of Christian Living Magazine to read TJ's story. 
We're available at over 600 locations throughout Southern Idaho. Or if you're out of the area, you can read us online at christianlivingmag.com. This does bring our time to an end for this week. We invite you back next week when we have an extra special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. And until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout Central and all of Southern Idaho. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.